Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. the podcast i'm nate smith and i'm here with evil genius and we oh. just watched w- would you say the best wire to wire game the Cavs have played all year oh no question i mean head and shoulders above anything they've done previously this year um and that includes the the first two games which were still that sort of like early season feel out you know they they won the game even despite Gordon Hayward going down in the first game and you know and and handled the the upstart Bucks in the second game. But yeah, I mean this was this was clearly the most locked in they've been on both ends of the court for a full forty eight minutes so far this year. Absolutely, I'll, I'll totally agree with you. Um, LeBron was. Not the LeBron we saw playing defense in the first three quarters against the Clippers, who, who was abysmal on defense. Like, not even, but but then he, you know, the last five minutes in overtime. But LeBron, Kevin Love, everybody looked really locked in. And I think Detroit a little bit expected the lackadaisical Cavs. Yeah. I think, did it feel like Cleveland jumped them early a little bit? Oh, yeah. Well, LeBron went off for 16 in the first quarter and it seemed like that that was a second possession like he he made the steal they had steals in the first two possessions against Detroit and then and then he went in and got the and one against uh um well, what's his name uh, Stanley Johnson who seems to get him is one of those guys who just gets him fired up I think after their their you know mano a mano in the playoffs two years ago so um yeah, he just he seemed to really get going, and his outside jumper was was on, and they just they really they really kind of just took it to the Pistons in that first quarter on both ends of the floor, and it was a thirty six to a thirty six to twenty three quarter, and I think halfway through, uh, Tyloo called a timeout. It was it was uh, they had just given up a wide open three to Avery Bradley in the corner which, you know, they should have rotated and they didn't. And then Tyler calls a timeout. They come out of the timeout and they outscore them 19 to 5 the rest of the quarter. So, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was strong. So, 
I, I'll totally agree with you. I mean, and LeBron, the way he was shooting in that first half and all early in the season uh, was pretty phenomenal. Uh, three for five, all off the dribble from three-point land. And I got the feeling if LeBron had wanted, he could have scored 50 easy the way he his jumper looked that night. But he didn't need to either. Uh, content to run that. One of the best part of that game, eight assists, no turnovers. Yeah. Well, that was – turnovers were a huge were a huge thing. I mean, they only had – they really only had four turnovers in the first half. Two of them were towards the end where they, they stepped out of bounds twice on consecutive possessions. But they they really took care of the ball. They moved. They 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 moved on offense and defense. They rotated well. They didn't do that that thing which I I hate when they show and then retreat. You know, and Kevin Kevin Love does it a lot. Where you know they go out and show on the man and then and then back off and then the guy just has a wide open jumper if he wants to take it. And I, I feel like they yeah they trapped a little more tonight and they, yeah. The show was a harder show, so that and then a scramble. Well, I can do that more too, probably with with a guy like Drummond who really can't score outside of you know a couple feet from yeah. the basket. So, yeah, and then and Drummond, whose uh, free throw shooting had looked really good all earlier this season, uh, two for six tonight. Uh, clearly, not the seventy five percent guy that we had seen early in the season. So. And and Drummond definitely, he looked like he kind of played a terrible game. Three for seven, uh, only five rebounds and six turnovers. It was uh, it was a pretty rough game for him. I mean, the pit. I think this was a combination of the Cavs looking really good, and the Pistons kind of got jumped on early, and then just they were out of it the rest of the game. I mean, I I didn't feel like we got the Pistons' best game, but. I was oh, happy. You, sorry, you just dropped out there for a second. Oh, okay. um, I was just gonna say I didn't feel like they got the Pistons' best game. But, oh, okay. Uh, the Cavs and the you know the Cavs played probably their best game and the combination well, of the two, and it was a, a domination. The Pistons were. I mean, the Pistons were coming off a it was the second night of a back to back where they were in Minnesota the night before and they they beat the. Timberwolves, who were a pretty good team, uh, but I think it was like one hundred to ninety-seven. It was a pretty, pretty rigorous game, you know. So it was. I wouldn't say it's a trap game because this is the Cavs, but that's a pretty yeah. difficult back-to-back, especially when you're trap. I mean, it'd be different if they were playing both games in Detroit, but they, you know, it was Minnesota travel back to Detroit, and the Cavs had been in Detroit since. I think I'd read they'd been in Detroit since like. Sunday because they went there the a day the day before to to practice have a practice day on Sunday and um, you know so they so they were pr- probably ready for him and but you know, look that's that's only half the story the other half of the story is the Cavs really did play their best ball and they had they finally got a great well, not great but a competent point guard performance from a guy who's actually a point guard yeah <laughs> yeah Jose Calderon looked great. Um... For Jose, I mean, he had a really solid game. Four for five from the field, uh, four for four from the line, uh, two assists, uh, only one turnover in 28 minutes, and had some nice defensive plays. Uh, didn't seem to really get overwhelmed defensively. I mean, so part of me thinks maybe this is just these guys are, are finally in shape. Um, not that they were out of shape, but 
the way that the training camp is abbreviated and you, you know, you've got older guys, I feel like a good, what it's been like probably about 10 days, 12 days of this uh, road trip has been, you know, and every other night and then having the night off was a, a, just a really nice way to get in shape and get into the season. It, I mean, the Cavs looked really good. And it was funny because there's a lot of, you know, articles coming out this week and last week about how bad the Cavs are. And I I read one on, I got into it a little bit with somebody from Hardwood Paroxysm because the Cavs are ranked 30th in the NBA right now in defense. And, you know, my point was it's November and, you know, LeBron James, if you watch that Clippers game, just did not care. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, and they wouldn't be over yeah. this streak either. I mean, over the last, they've, they've won five yeah. in a row. And if you, if you looked at their numbers defensively over that streak, uh, I, I think I even heard they were, they were in the top, they were back in the top 10 on, yeah. on defense over this, over the length of the streak, which again, you can't, I mean, yeah. do you want well, to break this, down this is the that way, but yeah, this is the problem with averages, <laughs> you know? Well, sure. And and that's that's what happens when you go through a stretch to a ten game stretch to open the season where you're literally giving up an average of a hundred and ten or twelve points a game. Um, that's that's going to take a while to reset itself. Yeah. But if you really look at it, this is if you, you know, real realistically, it's it's the time that the two weeks they would have lost from training camp. Not to mention LeBron missed a lot of that time with the ankle issue. Yeah. You're trying to you're trying to incorporate a bunch of a bunch of different guys, and there's still, and this is what people don't factor in, and it's hard to factor in. But the fact that the Cavs are still the team to beat, they were still the team that went to the finals last year and the and the last three years of oh, yeah. Eastern everybody wants to beat the cat they're they're still the the team with the with the target on their backs regardless of the fact that the Celtics have ro- rolled off 16 in a row now because they won again tonight in overtime against the the Mavericks sadly but but that's just it like they're not the 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 Cavs are still the team that everybody wants to bring their a game against and take down and the Celtics are are on the verge of becoming that because they're now the 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 hot darling team in the NBA, but you know they still have the benefit of like well the teams assume they'd be down after losing losing uh, Hayward that quickly in the yeah. season and well, and and you know to your point a little bit and somebody mentioned it either I think on the email thread or on the live thread. The Cavs, the 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 Celtics have pulled some games out of their butts. Oh yeah, they had that one scramble possession tonight. That I saw in the highlights where the guy saved it behind the back. Oh yeah, like the thirty foot pass, and then just scramble. Although it, somehow it finds Kyrie. And well, yeah, not to mention Kyrie. I mean, look, we 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 always knew like Kyrie. At some point, Kyrie would start going off and having bigger games. He scored forty seven tonight. Um you know, but without his sixteen of twenty-two from the field, you know, well, Jalen Brown's Jalen Brown's the only other guy who who really shot well for them tonight. Yeah. Everybody, well, well and let's it, talk about how many times Kyrie went to the line too. Well, that's the thing, and I mentioned this on the live thread at the at the end. Um, I was like, well, 
I don't remember Kyrie getting these calls when he was in a Cavs uniform. And to be honest, he never did because he he didn't he either didn't drive like he is now, or he you know he just wouldn't get he just wouldn't get those calls outside of the you know outside of the fourth quarter sometimes. And you know, look, credit to him for changing his mindset and be trying to be a, a, a leader of young guys on that team because him along with Horford are the, the old heads of that team now. But, um, but you know, I mean, he had to have that kind of a shooting night for them to beat a three and 14 team, arguably the worst team in the NBA. Granted it was on the road. It was, you know, and it's the end of the streak and they've got, they've now got a bit of a target on them too, but Cavs struggled against the Mavs too. So. They did because the Mavs are well are a well coached team, regardless of the fact that they don't have enough talent. I mean, Dirk yeah. is well beyond his peak now. I mean, Dirk is let's face it, like Dirk probably he probably could have retired last year, and everybody would have said, "Hey, man, nice career." Yeah. Um, he still had fourteen and twelve tonight, but he missed some key shots down the stretch that that really would have kind of been backbreakers for the Celtics. And then um, they really, outside of Harrison Barnes and Wesley Matthews and occasionally J.J. Barea, they don't really have anybody who can score the ball. So, because Dennis Smith Jr., as athletic and talented as he is, is still a rookie, and he has rookie nights like he did tonight. But I feel like we're talking way too much about the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. and so speaking of rookies, (laughs) this is a great segue. Uh, We got to watch some Chetty Osman run tonight. And yeah, return of, of the Ch- return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, uh, what'd you think? I, I, I was, I was happy. I was happy he was in there. I would have loved to have him in there when the game was still in doubt to to really get a sense of him because when he's in there against second unit guys, it's harder to tell. Yeah. I will say he, he look he brought he brought energy. He uh, what was he? I mean, he hit hit a three, which was nice to see. You know, and it looked good. It wasn't like one of those like oh, excuse me threes. It was like a real got his feet set and and really you know fall through, knocked it down nicely. And he played fourteen minutes, but you know thirteen of them were in the fourth quarter. Right. right. So you know, um, had a really nice 13, running. Not thirteen minutes in a quarter, but you know what I mean. Like running bank all... shot in transition. That was a yeah. nice play. Four boards. Yeah, four, four boards. He yeah. had an assist. He had a block. You yeah, know, I he, liked his defense. Um, I did see a lot of rookie, just you know, little rookie mistakes, uh, the turnovers, and and you know, it's his first real extended run in yeah. a game that mattered. Well, he did have a a little bit of run the other, I guess a couple a week or two ago, and uh, and and played well in that. But it was really nice to see him can his first uh, his first jumper, and then well. I agree, and I was happy to see him. And I think the only reason we didn't see more of him earlier is because the starters played so well, and mm-hmm. the first three guys off the bench played so well, yeah. uh, or four guys off the bench if you want to count Wade and Corver. So, yeah. uh, you know, Channing had another strong game. Jeff Green, it, unfortunately, Jeff Green really ruined his average by like jacking up a bunch of shots in the fourth quarter when he right. probably should have just passed it to rookies and let them shoot. But I think he was like he was like four of six at one point, and then he he missed he missed like uh, he missed like four straight shots in the fourth. But yeah, he took a couple of Jeff Green shots that you like. But, why, why are you taking that shot? But, but man, there are moments where I start to see the chemistry. That like that Wade starting to get going with Green, yeah. Where it it reminds me of what 
what Delhi and TT started to create a few years back on mm-hmm. on the coming off the bench, where there's just a there's a there's a really good like two man game where where they just have that unspoken like you know he'll just you know Wade will give him the give him a look and Green will cut to the hoop and it'll be right there and they can they can pull that off a few times a, a game. That, yeah, that's that's huge. I enjoyed seeing some LeBronless minutes for Kevin Love. Uh, yeah, being the centerpiece of the and Kevin Love, um, man, he took it to Andre Drummond tonight. He did man. and took plus it to thirty for the they, game. Yeah, anybody they switched on him, he was he was pretty solid. He was just really aggressive, and I love that's the best kind of Kevin Love is just aggressive Kevin. Love. I don't even care if he, you know, commits a bunch of fouls. He only had three, but like. I just like when he's active like that. When he attacks the rim and oh, especially you know on the he's boards. yeah. Well, and especially against a great rebounder like like Drummond too. He, I mean Drummond got in early foul trouble, but but still the reason why part of the reason why he was into early foul trouble is because of Kevin. Yeah, and I really say on this uh, on this win streak, uh, Kevin Love has had a real nose for the ball. Um, yep, just has gotten a lot of loose balls. Uh, huge in that overtime against the uh, against the Clippers. Did you get to watch? Oh yeah, game? huge. I got I got to watch uh, the I watched the because I was up on a college tour with my son up in mm-hmm. in Oregon, but uh, we got to watch the first half on a on one of the screens at at, at a BW BW's threes or whatever they call them. they call them now Buffalo Wild Wings and. Uh, they used to call them BW3s. Now it's Bubble Wild Wings. But, and then they kicked us out. Well, they didn't kick us out, but we had to leave. So we, I, caught the, I caught the fourth quarter in overtime when I got home uh, yesterday and on, on, the, on the DVR. But, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty great just to see. And it's, it started this whole stretch has really been them moving the ball better, rotating defensively better, um, getting in passing lanes better which they hadn't been doing and just imposing their will unguardable well yeah i mean he's just you've never i've never seen him shoot like this i mean remember a couple years ago when we were talking that his his jump shot was broken well it's the opposite of that now i mean he's just it's it's so wet all the time you know and he can get it anytime he wants i mean he can just just he was breaking down stanley johnson with the triple crossovers then pulling up in his face but the one that i think i'm starting to fall in love with is that left elbow turnaround the the vintage jordan that he had yeah he had it tonight over i think it was johnson and then he had it he had one over i think he had one over uh uh Jackson, Reggie Jackson too. Yeah, and he had a huge one over uh, Austin Rivers the other night yeah. in the Clippers game, and it was just <laughs> he loves doing it to point guards. That's why I think it was does. against Reggie Jackson tonight. But, um, but yeah, I mean, look, that's what he. It's great to see him thriving. And by the way, it's great to see him only have to play twenty seven minutes in a in this is probably this is the first blowout of the season, really, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. At least you know. at, on the winning end. I mean, when when Jose Calderon plays the most minutes on the team, that's a good night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's only twenty eight minutes, and he hit all but one shot. I mean, talk about. I mean, he was he was ready. Like yeah. El El Senor was like ready to come in and and just get it done. And I was impressed with him. Not just. I mean, yes, the offense was great, 
I mean, 14 points out of Jose Calderon, you just don't expect that. I mean, it was kind of like that game he had that last preseason game when he, when he scored 18. But um, uh, but the defense was good. Like, it, it wasn't like, you know, it was that, that trapping style, but it was like he had his hands out, he was active, he, you know, he didn't always stop the guys, but, I mean, he really kind of was effective against Reggie Jackson for sure. Yeah, and the, I mean, the effort was there. Yeah, and and the effort and energy and yeah, it was just it was just really good to see. You could tell. I mean, Ty Lue was was happy after the game too that he, the guys, you know, they must have had a good. They asked him about it. He he denied it, but I bet they had a pretty good practice yesterday. Um, you know, and again, it it helps to have a team with weary legs who you know coming off second night of a back-to-back well, and, so and your own team of old guys getting an extra day off too yeah and you can't you so you can't discount that completely but i still think the Cavs win this game even if it's not a back-to-back for detroit because i i think what you said earlier is true i think detroit was probably expecting them to come in and be the you know the the hey it's still november we're still complacent Cavs. we went to a jay-z concert the other night Cavs, and uh and they weren't they were they were sharp. They were energetic. They and it's funny. I, I wanted to bring this up too. The um, I think it was Jason on the the live thread mentioned this a couple of times that it, it really interestingly they always had two shooters on the floor no matter what lineup they had in there. Uh, they brought because they brought Fry in a little earlier than usual and he played twenty two minutes. Um, they had you know so they always had either you know they either had had love and Smith or, you know, Fry and Corver, or they, they always had, they always had two shooters on the floor with any lineup. And that really seemed to work as far as keeping things spaced out, uh, keeping the driving lanes more free for LeBron and for, for D Wade. Cause you know, D Wade loves him some, some post up action on the yeah. smaller guards. So I don't know. It just, it just seemed like that, you know, maybe, maybe with, and this is no probably no accident. There's no Derrick Rose. There's no Iman Shumpert. And there's no Tristan. Um, you know, these are guys that are going to clog up your your floor for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. And they're not shooters. They're guys that are going to need the ball in their hand to be effective. And um, not so much TT, but you know, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. it's it's interesting that they've been on this win streak pretty much since since Rose has been out, you know, and I mean, they lost the Houston game, but they looked a lot better in that Houston game. And ever since then, I mean, they've ripped off five in a row. So I don't think there's, I don't think that's an accident. Coincidence. I think not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and it makes me wonder kind of what the long term, you know, vision for, for Derek Rose is. I'm not sure that, well, I mean, we've we've all talked. I don't think anybody who's watched the Cavs as much as we have really thinks he's a fantastic fit. I mean, for his ability to drive the ball, he just does some maddening things. But you know, may, maybe this attitude change that the Cavs have had is will will get to him a little bit too. I the thing that concerns me about he and Shump is the lack of defensive IQ. I guess is is the way I'll put it because. Boy, both those guys make some terrible rotations, and yeah, and so I, I'm wondering if this. I really like this rotation right now. I mean, Dwayne Wade. Say what you want about his jump shot, but he's not. 
he had a a game, I think it was two games ago, where he just was jacking up horrible jump shots. Um, but he uh, he kind of righted himself. I think it was, a, maybe it was a Clippers game, but uh, he righted himself. He's got, uh, he's not just, he's backing guys down and going to the middle instead of fading away, which is really good for him. And uh, he's he's got that short little face-up drive game. Uh, he's really passing well. His defense is really on point. I mean, he had an enormous block on Blake Griffin in the yeah. overtime of uh, that Clippers game that was was really key. Yeah. So I, he's, he's sneaky good at that. Yeah, and I think his you know long-term first guard off the bench uh, is probably his future in the NBA right now because – you know, if he can kind of embrace that, I mean, not the well, it same. Seems kind like of... he, it seems like he has. Like it yeah. seems like he's he's gotten there. Um, you know, he went through that stretch where he was trying to figure it out. I think, and he's still it's so funny. Like I, I keep thinking, like if he hits half the shots that he that he would have hit in his in his prime, uh, Cavs would be blowing teams out by you know, by 20 every night because he, every time he's, I mean, he usually helps keep things close when he's on the floor, but there's so many of those, those turnaround shots or those pull up, pull up in the lane jumpers that the vintage, vintage Wade would, would terrorize teams by hitting all the time. And he more often than not misses those. I don't know. He's shooting on the year, but he's shooting 40%. 40%. Yeah. Which is not great for a shooting guard. No, Uh, no, but his uh, his assist numbers are really good. Three point nine assists in twenty two minutes. Yeah, and I mean uh, he sh- he shot he shoots almost almost fifty percent from the field for his career. So yeah, when he's shooting forty percent, that's that's a pretty big steep drop off. So yeah, one of the other things that is a big advantage for him coming off the bench is that the lower minutes count um, lets him be a lot more aggressive defensively. Yeah, uh, well, except he, in that Clippers game, he played 37 minutes in the Clippers right, but, game. Right, but. but kind of my point is uh, his fouls uh, are one of the highest in his career. They're the highest since 2010, and yet he's playing the least minutes of his career. He's, he's averaging 2.3 fouls a game, which, yeah. which actually I think is good uh, because it means he's being aggressive defensively, and he's averaging 0.8 blocks in just 22 minutes, which... You know, uh, per thirty six, that's that's really good. That's over a, a block. That's like almost a block and a half. So, yep. he's he's definitely bringing something. Uh, his jumper looked okay tonight. He actually, yeah. Um, well, he played, and he always seems to play good situational defense too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't always. You know, he's not. He doesn't have the foot speed he once did. So guys are gonna get gonna right. blow by him every once in a while, especially if you got a fast fast point guard, but. On the whole, especially when you get in the half court defense, like he really still excels there. Yeah, and the and the other guy, the other bench guy, that is just blowing me away right now, and I'm sure you too is Kyle Korver. I mean, that guy is so much fun to watch. Yeah, I, I, I he might be my favorite cab right now. I, well, I know, and and the whole, I love that the whole La Flama Blanca thing has kind of gotten a life of its own on the blog. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he. It's funny if he'd ever like check that out, like just how just how much we we actually you know invoke uh, 
Kenny uh, Powers. Yeah. yeah, Kenny Powers when we when he plays, but um, but it's true though. I mean, he, he's just you know, it's it's just fun. But he's but, a, and and it's not just the shooting. It's I mean, talk about no, a guy who I plays would, I would really say good the, positional defense. I would say the shooting is almost the icing on the cake at this point. Like you put Kyle Korver in the game, and he actually you know he's going to hustle and defend. Yeah, and and he's really good fundamentally sound rebounder. I mean, obviously he's going to get out rebounded sometimes by more athletic guys, but he seems to always box out. He seems to always know where his man is, and the way they execute half court offense, and I it it kind of boggles my mind that it took us you know ten seven eight games in to remember how good that Kyle Korver Channing Fry screen two man game was. But we saw it tonight. I mean, it's just so hard for most second-team NBA defenses to defend. Because, yeah. A, probably none of them are used to defending that kind of action on a regular basis. And, and B, they, do it, they execute it so well. And, and Dwayne Wade's really done a good job of finding the offense. And, and Jeff Green, as the role man... And the the inside guy has been just really great on cuts and pushing yeah. the ball in transition, and and he's a really good finisher. I I love the chemistry of the second unit right now. And yeah, and, I think somebody said somebody said on Twitter there maybe it was you, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just giving you credit, but uh, somebody had said it was their favorite bench unit since the uh the herculoids yeah since the Hercules. although they didn't call it herculoids so that's why i'm, I'm yeah. thinking it probably wasn't you but um yeah, it wasn't me but i yeah i mean when you think about that just how much fun that second unit had i don't know if they necessarily think these guys are having fun yet i think they will but i think they're definitely coming together to and i think a lot of it came from Dwayne's calling out of the first unit yeah. in a weird way that this sort of like, Hey guys, step your game up. Cause you know, we're getting it done on the bench and they take pride in that. I think these guys, I, there was a McMenamin. They, they have tw- had more than one game in this streak where the Brent bench brought them back. Oh yeah. Well, and the bench was, I think, well, I don't know after the, I mean, going into the fourth quarter, the bench, the, the bench advantage was something like 26 to five or something like that. I'm, I'm sure it evened out a little bit given yeah, how, I, I don't know if that the really fourth quarter means was. anything. Cause it was no. the Cavs deep bench versus. <laughs> no, but the, but the starters yeah. were playing well too. I mean, yeah. just saying like they, their bench is that their bench, their bench really sustained that run that they went on because they went on a 15 to five run. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 19, 19 to five run at the end of the first quarter, but then the bench sustained that and and grew that lead into like a twenty, like twenty twenty two point lead before LeBron and and LeBron stayed on the bench until about halfway through the second quarter because he could because those guys were I think I read they they had like a they had like a hundred and fifty six offensive rating with LeBron on the bench in the second quarter, which is ungodly like they were oh yeah they were really good and then um i was gonna say like i read a tweet that mcmenamin had tonight i put it on the thread that um he said he was talking to he was talking to uh jeff green when they were in charlotte and asked him like well so what's why you you know where's where's the where are the hops coming from why are you so springy this year and he said because I've like rediscovered the joy of playing basketball with this team, 
which is kind of interesting because you hear that you kind of hear that you hear a little bit of that when when they talk to Isaiah, you know, they hear a little bit of that. I think Jay Crowder is probably down on himself because he hasn't been shooting that well, but I don't think anybody on the team seems to be getting down on him. Like I, I think, you know, we, we all are so critical of this team because we have such a high expectation and a high bar of success for them because they won a championship and well, they've been and to the, when they've been to the finals every year since LeBron came back. So when that, when that happens and that's the bar you get, you get spoiled by that. You get this sort of sense of almost a sense of entitlement as a, as a Cavs fan, you know, and, and I think we, we get wrapped up in as anybody in, in the, the, being prisoners of the moment, you know, the, oh, the, day, I'll the agree with you game, game to game, the, you know, the day to day where, you know, praise is being heaped on the, you know, the Celtics and the, well, the even the Warriors are saying like, oh, these guys, we're going to probably face these guys in the finals. And it's like, you know, you hear that and you, there's still all the talk out there about LeBron, you know, you just have to have that, you have to have the bunker mentality that you realize these players have. And they've talked about in the past. They're like, we don't listen to the outside noise. We can't afford to. We can't let that in. We just have to be who we are and figure out the best way to win and just get a brotherhood going and a chemistry going. And, you know, for for every shot Dwayne Wade misses, I'm still happy he's on the team for his leadership. No, I'll I'll totally agree with you. And. Yeah, I think the prisoners of the moment comment is is a really this is so the first game um Gordon Hayward went down. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and they were playing terribly and I was like that's it. Celtics are missing the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of tells you how silly I am. Well, um, but just that's just it. Like the Celtics are not as bad as what we thought when Gordon Hayward went down and they're not as good as the 16 game winning streak they're on right now either it's somewhere in the middle right we know this like yeah, you, we do it's hard it's easy to get through a regular season with rookies it's much harder to get through a playoff series where you know tendencies and you get to play a team you know four to seven games in a row you're you're going to expose a lot of that stuff Especially if you've got a veteran team that that knows how to play smart basketball, you just have to get them there healthy. That's all. Totally, and it will be interesting to see how kind of the Cavs match up with the Celtics. I I think the next game they play is what December fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that'll be a big game. I'm sure a lot of. <laughs> They'll both circle it on the calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that in and it's in Boston it? too? I think. No, yeah. I think it's in Boston. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we'll see. If, what do you want to bet that that's I, that's Isaiah's first game back? I don't think so. I think they're going to be right. very conservative with the timetable and okay, um, and not push it. I I could see possibly the Warriors game but I, I don't think he'll be back till january so friendly wager <laughs> okay <laughs> what, what, I mean, what? Make it, might as well make it interesting i mean okay because we, we've already kind of established that the regular season is what it is so so what's the wager uh i don't know what's what's a what's a good are, are, what's a are, good, are uh, we wagering on when uh he's coming back is that what yeah. It, oh yeah. Um, 
You're saying January. Yeah, I'm saying January. You're and saying I'm gonna say and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Celtics game December fifteenth. Okay. Well, and then and then we can and if it's somewhere in between, then then we call it a draw. Okay. Yeah, that's not that sounds good. Uh, I okay. will. Uh, um, we'll we'll bet your favorite microbrew on it or something. Okay, there you go. That sounds good. Yes, yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you a, a six pack. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll take you up on that. And yeah, that I I'm loving what I'm seeing from Isaiah Thomas. I really enjoyed uh, Mike uh, Schreiner's article today. Yeah, about me too. How you know, and I think we saw a little bit of that tonight. Just you know, taking down the turnovers, uh, taking some of the playmaking duties away from LeBron. Um, you know, super game by call their own tonight, and you know maybe well, yeah. that continues. Um, well, that's a lot to ask of a thirty-six-year-old guy who, went up until that, tonight, had a fork stuck in his back pretty firmly. Well, that, but, that, that is true. Also, but and, and, ha- but that shows you what a, a Calderon, who's a serviceable point guard on a good night, can do for this team in terms of rotations, in terms of opening up spacing in terms of being a just being a floor general out there to help distribute the ball and keep the keep make sure the rock doesn't stick make sure that lebron has a certain amount of possessions where he's freed up to just cut to the basket or you know get position on his man and in those into those shots that he likes and get the ball delivered and kevin love did a great job passing the ball tonight too he had four assists yeah he had some some really nice passes and and i like that he only took two two three pointers i mean made one but like he did a lot of his damage in the in the paint and And, uh, and passing out of the paint too yeah well and it's funny van gundy i listened to his comments after the game and he he said uh he said you know the this the Cavs really were really hitting well from the outside to start the game and that's what really opened up the paint because they only wound up with like 34 points in the paint but um, but they really kind of did that outside in on the on the Pistons tonight, to where they were they were all concerned about getting out to to cover their man, and then the Cavs pounded them inside with with LeBron and Kevin and Jeff Green. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, Kevin, I'm I'm loving what I've seen over this streak. Um, the other big thing tonight that might be the biggest development of this game. Um, Jay Crowder had far and away his best game of the season. Oh, yeah. He really broke out. Yeah, because he had been... To say Jay Crowder had been struggling would be an understatement. (laughs) Uh, But he... You know, 5'11 from the field tonight, 2 for 5 from 3. He wasn't afraid to shoot. uh, Had 6 of 6 at the line. Uh, five yeah. rebounds, you know, just a really nice game. And for well, the- he made some really aggressive cuts to the basket too. Yeah, and that's where he's that's where he sh- he he shined. That's what made him dangerous as a shooter when he was in Boston. I thought was the fact that he not only did he play good defense, but he he knew when to cut and he knew when to he knew when to hit the perimeter. And you know, so you so he's a dual threat that way, and you could never leave him alone. And you know, I think that he's struggled with the outside shot because that's what this team has been for the last year and a half, which was a LeBron drives and your Kyrie drives and everybody stands on the the outside and shoots threes. And that's not going to work for a guy like Crowder. He's a good spot up three point shooter, but 
but when he gets into the flow of the game, and he hasn't been this year, so he's been at a loss. But you're right. This was that was probably the most important development coming out of this game was that that Crowder seemed to really find his place in the flow of the game and and uh, make a make a real impact on both sides of the floor. That well put. <laughs> um, so the other thing, I mean. I think we kind of beat the game to death. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, sure. I don't. I don't know if there's anything well, much more to say. It's hard not. It's hard not to because it's it's probably their best game in the season. Yeah, no, not probably it is. It's a, it was their best, most complete win of the season. You know, I, it's funny. Like with the Clippers game, I thought it was hilarious that, that that I think the the foul shot that LeBron hit to put them up. 106, 105 was the first time all game in, the, in overtime was the first time all game they'd led. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> like, never seen that before. Yeah, I mean this lead. sort of living up to this team like they've only led like thirty percent of the time and they're and yet they somehow won ten games. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's that's what this team is. They're they just hang around and stay close enough and you know early on that wasn't working because teams were just lighting them up from three from three point land and now that's you know they've they've at least feel like they've started to stem the flow of the bleeding uh on defensively and defense really really led to offense tonight and oh, that's totally. the way that's the way this team's going to have to play they're going to have to let their defense lead to offense by the way that's exactly what the Celtics have been doing their right. defense has led to their offense, and they just get run. And it's not that they shoot the ball incredibly outside of Kyrie, but they, you know, they they just they are a swarming, athletic, young defensive team. It's what they did to the Warriors the other night. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors thought they had that game in the bag, and then you know they just they just kept hounding them, and they, the Warriors kept taking bad three point shots and let them right back in it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off. Where, where, no, where I was just going to talk about this streak a little bit, and and I think you were right. I think it really did start with a nice showing against Houston. Um, they they played down to the Mavericks a little, but kind of eked out a win, and then that that game against the oh, the Knicks, the Knicks, where they came back from twenty three down. Oh yeah, Corver, Corver, and Mr. Fourth Corver. Yeah, and then LeBron, you know, shutting down KP at the end of that game, but also just Tim Hardaway Jr. just, you know, dancing and strutting in the second quarter, and, and you, yeah, you know, the old saying, "You come at the king, you better not miss." Yeah, and now uh, this team, this team is become this team is like Rocky Three, right? <laughs> it's like, no, I gotta get him angry. Like it's like you take it, you're ta- you're getting, he's beating him to death, Rock, and he's like, no, no, he's making he's making him angry. He's wearing him out, right? <laughs> So this team has to be now. They have to be Rocky Three. They have to. They're old. They're a little older. They've they've got the trappings of success. They've won the title. Now it now they have to. You know they've got to let the other teams, these younger teams, kind of beat the beat the crap out of them a little bit, and then come back and hang in there, hang in there, and then really use the defense to, you know, to to shut them down in the end and and win out. But. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I think you're seeing that even a little bit from the Warriors this year. You know, the Warriors have uh, have definitely played down to their competition at times, uh, more than they have in in the past. I feel like, but 
Yeah. Well, if there's ever a team that's gonna be that's gonna have to fight off buying into the the hype that they're the greatest team of all time and that they they have no competition, it's it's that team. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, they they were we we talk about it all the time. They they were it's the old refrain. They were the '73 win team who added who added an MVP in Kevin Durant and arguably the you know the top five player. So it's overkill. You know, I mean the. In theory, the Cavs should have won. That should have should have they should have won at least two games in the finals last year. And Kevin, but Kevin Durant was the difference in that mm-hmm. in that game with the game three. Uh, so or was it game four? I can't remember. But you know, but that's 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 how it is. You know that that's the, they are this team, and you know I I wonder I. The, the conspiracy theorist in me wondered if they somewhat somehow threw that game against Boston, the way that Steve Kerr talked them up ahead of time, the way that <laughs> the way that they they were up and then kind of just frittered it away and didn't really seem all that concerned afterwards. And then Steph giving that quote, you know, like, well, you know, we definitely could see these guys in the fun. You know, it's just this whole like odd NBA mandate of like, well, we need something else to talk about other than Golden State Cavs because it's been three years and and everyone's sick of it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I I mean, there are a lot of... I'm sure, by the way, just as a caveat, I'm sure none of that's true. I'm just, this is just the conspiracy theorist in my brain saying like, oh, I wonder if that's that's actually happening. And I'm sure it's not, but it's fun to think about stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, I don't see them really doing that and i'm not sure that i don't think draymond could keep his mouth shut about it if it was true <laughs> that's probably well they wouldn't tell draymond I mean, no, probably he would just, be the only one nodding yeah right? they're like don't anybody talk don't tell dre he'd be so like just, shoeless joe yeah he's <laughs> out there yelling at people for missing shots yeah exactly yeah it's like in the natural well we're back to that again like, <laughs> no that's eight men out we're throwing the game to yeah I, shoeless joe is eight men out no that's right but but it happened in the natural too remember oh, when he they were yeah they were both because they were they, the one guy was supposed to was getting paid to throw the game and then Redford like went up to him and was like hey dude like what are you doing <laughs> the pitcher oh, he was right, like right. yeah and then he's like all right I'll 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 start you know paying attention <laughs> yeah I totally I totally think that it, it's it's going to be a really interesting season um one one of the things that I really enjoy right now is how many kind of how many team unexpected teams are good new york they look like a playoff team right now i mean they're six in the west nine and seven uh philly looks like a playoff team um philly looks good and they philly has actually the talent now to, to back it up and uh they have a nice mix i mean they've got jay they got jj reddick who can really knock down shots and they've got and they just signed uh covington to a a, a nice deal and i mean i'm not sure i i'm like the biggest covington fan in the world but i think you know he's been a nice contributor for them a good piece oh but, absolutely and and well the other thing that helps is ben simmons and joel Embiid. Look. Well, Joel Embiid really, slut. Yeah. Well, even Ben Simmons, I mean, right now, running oh, no, runaway rookie of the year. Absolutely. Well, he yeah. had another, what, 27 and 10 tonight. And eight, yeah, 27 and 10. He only had two assists, which is weird, but the whole team really yeah. kind of stepped it up. And they've got, they've got decent guys coming off the bench, too. And, 
Yeah, I mean, they got Amir, Amir Johnson, T.J. McConnell, Jared Bayless. I mean, they've got some. They got a few guys. I mean, they're they're not going anywhere, but they definitely are building something special. And if they could get anything for Okafor, you know that they they might you know they might get another piece. And, and if they get any if they get anything out of Markel Fultz, that's really quite frankly the the biggest problem they have right now is that Markel Fultz could very well be a bust. And if that happens, then that's a drag. But, um, but I don't know how. I honestly don't know how Jason Tatum would would fit in with that team. You know what I mean? Like they already have Embiid and Simmons and, and Covington. Maybe, maybe you, you play him instead of Sarek and move Sarge to the bench. But um, so well, I don't know. I mean, but but they they seem like a team that that uh, they seem like a team that that could have. Like I would have much rather seen the Cavs pull a trade with them for Kyrie than than the Celtics, but you know, yeah, and that's do? kind of my biggest concern about the Celtics trade, and uh, I think it's looking right now like not the greatest trade for the Cavs, but you know, the, it's going to be a long jury. Jury's going to be out for a while on that. I I, I don't think until. Until you see Isaiah come back and see what kind of impact he has for the for the Cavs, it's it's really hard to say. Well, and the playoffs too, you know. Well, sure, sure, yeah. and and quite frankly, what happens in the summer? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many dominoes that have to fall certain ways for for the trade to be, you know, to be judged on its on its own merits. I mean, look, Boston's going to be a good team, and they're going to be a good team for a while if Kyrie decides to stick around. Yeah, and, and if Hayward can come back a, fully from the injury, so. they've got a big jump on the rest of the East right now. And sure, uh, well, I would say the I'd say the Sixers could be right there, depending on what happens with Fultz. No, I'm just talking about in the standings. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I've just really noticed this year, there there aren't a lot of cakewalk games. I mean, I would say there's just maybe like five or six. Um, bad teams right now, and the funny thing is, is the West seems like it's a lot more competitive than the East right now. I mean, or yeah. I'm sorry, the East seems like there's a lot more competitive at the bottom end. I mean, Memphis is in the top eight with a under 500 record right now. You know, yeah. Well, but, and they were, I mean, they were good, I and mean, then they they've fallen on hard times recently. Well, the same thing about with like uh, like Orlando. I mean, the, Orlando was like. Would like they were like nine and or no eight they were like eight and three at one point now they're eight and nine yeah so. yeah and and teams have kind of figured them out a little bit but Orlando I mean they've got guys that are really shooting well I mean I don't think anybody thought Aaron Gordon would develop the jump shot the way he has and kind of the same way we saw tonight with Tobias Harris sure um, yeah but know. even like the Haw- the Hawks and Bulls are the are the the basement of the Eastern Conference and. The Hawks always the Hawks still play play it tough as yeah. the Cavs found out. I mean, Budenholzer is still a good coach. You know, they still have they still have uh, Schroeder and and Baysmore and you know some capable guys up front that can you know on any given night can give you problems. And so yeah, they with the Bulls with Markkanen and and uh, some of their young guys. But yeah, Atlanta's rookie uh, center Collins is that guy can jump out of the gym. I mean, he looks. Yeah. He scored, I think, twenty three tonight. So, but it's yeah. you're right. It's feeling a little bit more uh, NFL these days. A little more like you know, 
uh, you know, there's a, a couple parody? teams at the top, and then there's a lot more parity in the in the middle. Yeah, yeah I well, mean, I, the yeah. other thing I just think there's a lot of really fun storylines this year. I mean, from you know Minnesota with Jimmy Butler, Denver with the Joker, and uh, you've got. You know, OKC, OKC. Um, Boy, they lost a tough one tonight. Yeah, they've lost a lot of big games, and it'll it'll be interesting to see if they can turn that around. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, yeah. right now, the best team in the league I've seen it now that Paul, uh, sorry, Chris Paul is back is Houston. Houston looks really good. Um. They do. Houston with Chris Paul is going to be a bear to try and beat in the playoffs. Now, if that makes that assumes Chris Paul gets to the playoffs healthy. But, yeah. But that team. Unfortunately, the playoffs is where Chris Paul usually usually um, doesn't shine. And and so. James Harden gets away, stops getting away with you know. With his uh, golden turd routine? Yes. <laughs> so the, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. But yeah, right I now, still wouldn't I still wouldn't pick him over the over the Warriors. But yeah, you're right. I mean look there'll I be a, see him a more a interesting team. Yeah, there'll be a more interesting team for sure. I just yeah. I still think the Rockets are a candidate to add somebody at the at the trade deadline, depending on, on who's available. Um you know it's it's interesting. I could, <laughs> you know, I, I if if there wasn't a history there, I could see them adding like a DeAndre Jordan, but mm-hmm. I don't think that'll happen. Um, you know, but you know who'd be a perfect fit for the Rockets is Greg Monroe if he gets bought out. He wouldn't be bad. Uh, I don't think Houston needs DeAndre Jordan that much with as well as Capella's playing. So yeah, but yeah, you know. I mean, it's, that's really the their front court is the only place they need depth. I mean, they've got yeah, they could use much, another power forward. Yeah, they got plenty of backcourt between those three guys. I mean, Harden, uh, Paul, and and Gordon. I mean, like you, you, I, I, I arguably the best backcourt in the league, right? I mean, collectively, oh, top three. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't. Maybe Portland is in that discussion. You know. Yeah. But but who's their third? You know what I mean? Like yeah, if Gordon I mean, is the only, third, like the only one. That's I what I'm saying. Like collectively, because like, I mean, you'd put Beal and Wall up there too. Yeah, and, and or, of course, I mean, Curry and Curry Golden State. Golden State. Yeah, but was, who's their third? I mean, would you Iguodala. say Iguodala? Yeah. Oh, but, totally. Yeah, but I would take Gordon over Iguodala any day. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> really? Iguodala is a great. Yeah, he's Swiss a glue Army. guy. He's a glue he's guy. A glue he's a Swiss guy. Army knife. Yeah, he can't shoot like Gordon. No, he can't. But Gordon can't defend like Iguodala. True, so. true. So, but yeah. you know that you can. Sh- we we we're revealing where our priorities lie. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and one of the things I think we're going to have to have a podcast in the future, and maybe, maybe two three weeks down the line, maybe maybe after Christmas. Yeah. Well, as we get close to December fifteenth, I think we need to start looking through the bottom part of this league and. Saying, okay, who could the Cavs trade for? You know, right? Uh, who... The problem is, I just don't feel like they, anybody wants what they have. You know what I mean? Like, no one wants Simon Shumpert. No one wants Derrick Rose. No, no, no. I, mm, I think. I mean, all they have really to trade of value is. I mean, those guys are are filler for, and probably you'd lump Tristan into that 
mix now too, given his contract. But it's really just the two draft picks, right? It's the it's the Nets pick and the Cavs own pick, right? Well, they also have a 2021 first. They also have Chetty Osman and Zizic. So there are some assets there. And there are going to be some teams that are looking to get out of contracts. I mean, I can't imagine Sacramento really wants to pay, you know, George Hill all the money they're paying him to be four and 13 right now. Oh, uh, sure. When they got Darren Fox and then, you know, you Dallas has got some guys on some contracts. They'd probably look at moving, uh, at Phoenix. Although I don't think Phoenix is trading with the Cavs. Well, no, I could see (laughs) they would trade with the Cavs to get rid of, uh, Tyson Chandler for sure. Cause that contract is not great for them, but, I mean, there's definitely going to be some teams that uh, right. Well, the Clippers, the Cl- the Clippers seem like sellers to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're, they're in free five, fall right now. Five and they've lost. They've lost nine in a row. Yeah, and that Cavs loss had to just be absolutely. They just looked devastated at the end of that game. I mean, oh, yeah, they had no answers. It's been a rough. It's been a rough uh, trip for them. I mean, yeah. they've had. What this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the last eight games have been on the road. They went, they went at Spurs, at Thunder, at Pelicans. They played home against the, against the Sixers, but I think that was the second night of the back to back. And then at the Cavs, at the Hornets, at the Knicks. That's a playing, brutal schedule. That's a brutal schedule. They're playing at the Hawks on the twenty second. So what on Wednesday? But. Um, but man, that's you know. I mean, they're just not a deep team at all anymore. No, and they don't have enough shooting, and they don't have with with Pat, Patrick Beverly injured, and and Patrick Beverly probably a great bench point guard, probably not great as your starter. Yeah, um, although I think he played tonight. Yeah, well, they, did. didn't they lose tonight? <laughs> oh yeah, they got they got shellacked by the Knicks by twenty two. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, but I think he played. Yeah, Beverly played twenty-two minutes, made nine points, six rebounds. I mean, he's yeah. You're right. He's not a starter. He's a great. He's a great defensive change. He'd be great for the Cavs. Oh yeah. If 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 uh, if he if it is healthy and he's your starting point guard and you have Patrick Beverly coming off the bench instead of Derrick Rose. I mean, if you had a backcourt of Beverly and Wade, like that's that's a great. That's a great second unit backcourt. Yeah, well, and the other thing is you can play Beverly in crunch time, too. Uh, you know, you put him on the other team's best guard. Sure. And sure. Uh, you That's know, his best usage. I mean, Yeah, that's... there's a lot of lineups you could use him in. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and... but, but for the Clippers, I mean, Austin Rivers is no Chris Paul, you know. <laughs> Austin Rivers is no Doc Rivers, so. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, too. I but... mean, Austin, he's not the he's not a horrible player. He is made it up to average NBA player now. And but if like, you're, yeah. if you're them, if you're them, do you, do you sell everything off and try to rebuild around Blake or do you move Blake and start over? I don't think they're moving Blake at all. I mean, as much as they're paying him and Steve Ballmer wants somebody to get people in the stands in LA yeah. They're, they're I really thought I really Blake. thought they were going to move Blake last year and, and and go all in to try to keep CP3, but turned out the opposite was true. 
Yeah, well, and a lot of people say they were sick of CP3. So, and I think he was sick of them. So, sure. It, it, there's been some some backbiting going back and forth between them, and uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you saw any of the uh, Big Baby Davis comments about how Doc Rivers favored his kid and all this other stuff. So it was a <laughs> weird that, that, that it sounded like it was a dysfunctional environment. So yeah, Doc Rivers, next coach of the Cavs. No, <laughs> <laughs> you'd rather have Mark Jackson or uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Well, I, I, ha- I will say Ty Lue is, it takes him longer to do the things I want him to than it would like, but, than I would like, but I feel like he's doing some of them, you know, tonight. I mean, look, you can you can make an argument either way. You say, hey, look at the results. It was great. And then you look at it and say, yeah, but he still didn't play any of his, any of his young guys yeah. before. Or, you know, why didn't he do this eight, nine games ago? You know, yeah. why did he tell Channing Frye he wasn't going to play a lot this year? That didn't uh, make any and, sense. And in, but in fairness, you know, LeBron doesn't always have 16-point first quarters either. Right. Where you where you put the other team in a hole, it's mm-hmm. quite quite frequently been the opposite. Where LeBron is either passive or looking to or, or looking to pass because he's being double covered, and the Cavs get into a into a deep hole because he's not playing defense and nobody else on the team is playing defense, and so then he's got to play forty one minutes to try to you know bail them out in the second half. Whereas if I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, it seems logic, logical to me that if you've got LeBron James, Kevin Love, <laughs> Crowder, the, like, attack the other team. Attack the other team, give them everything you have in the first quarter, put them in a hole, and then your bench is proven. Let your bench come in and just maintain the deficit or build on it, and everyone can sit down in the third and fourth quarter. But I mean, that seems pretty obvious to me. Roll. No, I know, but it's logic would dictate. But yeah, this and is I not a logical a of, team. I wrote about this a lot in the last recap, and it's like I I can't even get mad at it about it anymore. And I I wonder if, in a way, did the Cavs either consciously or unconsciously do this on purpose? I mean, are I don't they, know. Are they trying to uh, hone their ability to win close games, or is it just they just? don't give a crap at times. I don't know. I feel and, like it's more I, they just don't give a crap. I, I, I just, it just comes off that way. When you watch them on the floor, you can tell the games you said at the beginning of this pod, like you can tell the games when, when LeBron's locked in and wants to, and really wants to, to stick it to some team. And I said, he's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, well, he even win, said as much, uh, when they asked him if he was going to play well against, I think it was Charlotte. <laughs> and uh, he said, "Well, it's a national TV game, so we'll play good." <laughs> yeah, well, that's just it. Like it's and it's funny because it extends to Ty Lue for sure because he must get he's just obviously sick and tired of answering the 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 minutes question because tonight they asked him like, "Oh, is it good that LeBron you know had to play LeBron twenty seven minutes?" I think his quote was something like, "Hey, man, I played with Michael Jordan and he played." 39 minutes a game at age 37 and Kobe played 30, you know, 40 minutes Jordan a game. in Washington. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is like rookie season. And then he was like, yeah, I played with Kobe and he played 40 games when he was 37. And I'm like, yeah, and he, he tore his Achilles dude. Like what, <laughs> like what yeah. are you talking about right now? Yeah. It's just, 
he just doesn't want to. I mean, you can tell Tyler really doesn't want to talk to the media anymore. But he kind of there's there's that's, no way out that's of that. Your job, yeah, it's your job. But like, hey, you know what? So start being like Popovich. If you don't want to answer mm. answer questions, make it difficult to ask them and have a sense of humor. Sure, you know, I th- I think so many things in life. Uh, if you have a sense of humor and learn how to use it to deflect it, it it, it certainly is to your advantage. Um, well, and he did that pretty well early on. Yeah, but you know well, that that that's been his biggest bugaboo is because people throw his words back at him when he when he says we're definitely going to cut LeBron's minutes this year or I'm definitely going to get LeBron. I want to get him down in that you know whatever average and then. You know, when LeBron comes back and is averaging more minutes than any other player in the game right now, yeah. uh, the guys throw facts back at him. He doesn't like it. And, <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta find a way to maintain the the sense of humor about it and be like, hey, you yeah, know what? Who, who said that? <laughs> I don't yeah. know who that guy. Was. I don't know who. Yeah. Well, I said that. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, and I I do feel like the uh, the Cleveland media is, I mean. How do I say this politically? Um, <laughs> I can tell Joe Varden drives him insane. <laughs> but they're spoiled like we are, Nate. Like, yeah, no, that's they the are. problem. Is, they it, are. is that every one of us has been we've it, we've become used to it, right? Yeah. Like it's funny because you know we we're old enough to remember well the LeBron 1.0 uh, version. I'm I'm certainly old enough to remember the the great 80s Cavs teams and and early 90s and you know it, there was a difference about that because we'd never been there right yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't the you know it, we even at the beginning of this LeBron 2.0 the the quote was you know nothing is given everything is earned right well guess what we're we're 4 years into it now and everything is given and nothing seems earned and <laughs> That's what happens when you when you go from the the team the the city that never won a championship for almost sixty years to the city that has won one in the last two and almost won a second one with the with the Indians. It's just we, we you you get to that place where you I, I it's funny I wrote about this you went after right after they won the the title which was I I worry about what the Cleveland's identity will be now that. We're, we're no longer the city of no championships, right? And that's part of dealing with that is is handling uh, adversity once you've been to the mountaintop, right? So it's a question of you know now that we're in the in the mix of this, like when we were staring at this team that was four and six or f- whatever they were, like losing losing games to the dregs the supposed dregs yeah. of the NBA by and getting blown out doing it and LeBron and still LeBron's playing 40 minutes a game and Dwayne Wade looks like he's done and Kyle Rowan looks like he's done and Derrick Rose looks like he can't stay healthy and who knows if Isaiah Thomas is coming back and all these things and and meanwhile there's a team with our old point guard from <laughs> the team that won the championship that we traded away across you know a, a couple of towns over on a crazy win streak and you look at that and you see, and that that everybody in the world is like shining the spotlight on as the new basketball darlings of the NBA and you you say okay well you know what does this mean for us all like why are we you know why is this ha- why us why is this happening and you know and and it's easy to get sucked into this 
again, the prisoner of the moment, the whole, the whole that you that seemingly. I think that's our uh, subtitle for the yeah uh, for the blog. Yeah, prisoners of the moment, but it's that hole that the you know that you know no light escapes from, and and that's not true, right? <laughs> no, none of that's and, true. And right, it's just last, seems a lot worse than it is. If the last three seasons should have told us anything, you know, just like that Clippers game, it's and the next game is it is November. Yep. Do not flip out in November. You know, it's yeah. not worth it. I mean, we're about, what are we, about uh, 10, 20% through the season now? We're a fifth of the way through the season. Yeah, and it's there's a lot. We're not even to, to halftime. And the Cavs, by the way, are back in the top four in the yeah. East. Yeah. It would, it would, all That's all it took, five-game yeah. winning streak. Yeah. But... That doesn't mean they're out of the woods. It doesn't mean that, that these things that we're concerned about won't potentially come to pass. It doesn't mean that the Celtics won't be a tough out when it comes to the playoffs. It doesn't mean they won't wind up with the with the with home home court advantage and the number one overall seed. They very well might in seventy four games or something crazy like that. So, you know, I mean, who the hell knows? They they, they very well could be formidable this year. But but logic would dictate that 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 that's not that's a that's an absolute that can't be proven <laughs> 18 games into a season yeah so I you mean, know you're are they you're, ahead of the pace set by the uh by the warriors in their record-setting season that oh by the way they lost a championship so yeah <laughs> tells you tells you what the regular season the nba means right now look their second best player is either a a second-year player in in Jalen Brown or uh, or Al Horford, who's yeah. suddenly discovered he's he's not a black hole. So, <laughs> so who who knows? I'm just yeah. saying, like like there's it's way too early. There's plenty of basketball left to be played, but there's definitely reason to be. It's not. It's also no reason to just sort of bury your head in the sand too and just say oh wake me up in april or may when you know when well, the Cavs are on their way think... to a fourth straight finals because that's not given either then and, and, and i think it's with, good that this sorry. Oh, sorry i keep thinking you're done and i don't no no i'm just i'm sorry i'm just all ranty tonight i'm just yeah. like i i feel like the you're a prisoner the, of the moment i am i am a prisoner of this moment no, in that and, I, and i will say the 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 reason you don't want to bury your head in that sand and wake up in January is at least on the offensive side of the ball and the last five minutes of every game, the basketball we're seeing from LeBron James right now is as good as you will ever see in your life. We have to appreciate every moment because you will never see. I don't think we'll ever see his like again in the NBA. I mean, and, and, Right now, I feel like he's just the absolute peak of his powers. He can do anything he wants on a basketball court. Look, I, you won't you won't find anybody who's more convinced he's staying than me. However, who knows? Yeah. Anything can happen between now and, and the summertime. And, you know, Dan Gilbert could say something stupid. LeBron could wake up one day and just decide, hey, you know what? I I want to try and take I'm, one more franchise to a to a championship. I want to go play for the Jazz. Be the only guy. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But, uh, but you know, he, he could wake up tomorrow and say, I, I, you know what? Or on in the summer on on June or whatever, June third, not June, uh, July second or whatever, and say, 
you know, and I, I want to be the only team to ever lead a, you know, to ever win a championship with three different teams, you know, so I'm going to go take my talents to Philly or take my talents to San Antonio or wherever and, or Houston or something like that and say, Hey, I'm going to go do this. But I don't, I'm still convinced that's not going to happen. I'm taking and, my but, talents to Minnesota. Exactly. <laughs> but, but on the off chance that I'm wrong, because I've been known to be wrong from time to time. Um, Chris, stop I'm, I'm with, well, let's see. Don't get, don't go crazy. I mean, yeah, he's good. He's good. I mean, he's, let's see where he winds up. He's still a big man with, with easily broken feet. So, um, oh, man, so voodoo X <laughs> on the unicorn. That's just low. I look the way LeBron shut him down. I, I'm not, he, you gotta, you have to be like, I don't think LeBron does that, can do that to Antetokounmpo. And that's why I don't put, I don't put KP there yet. Yeah. He might get there, but he's not there yet. Anyways, to finish my point, all I'm saying is I agree with you that you have to watch LeBron James. You have to watch every time you can LeBron James play the game of basketball because you're right. He is the height of his powers because even though he may not be, be able to, to run quite as fast or jump quite as high as he once did when he was, when he was, you know, 10 years younger or whatever. He is smarter now, basketball smart than he's ever been in his career. He knows how to play the post. He knows how to get that devastating turnaround shot. Now he, he is absolutely lighting it up from three point land this year and he can get pretty much any basket he wants on any part of the floor at any time. And he can shut down anybody that he wants when he puts his mind to it. So you're right. Like, if if you don't get to see anything but fourth quarters and you know and or the last two minutes of the game, just make sure you watch that because you're right. We we won't see the like his like for a very long time. Yeah, and he's just and it reminded me of uh, something a couple guys were saying on the live thread is that you know most people don't realize Bill Russell loafed on defense. <laughs> Uh, through eighty percent of the regular season, the last half of the career of his career, sure. he totally dependent on his teammates' carry. But then he got to the playoffs, and you know, it was the guy that delivered. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that this is without precedent that that LeBron can be a lollygagger, if you will. So, you know, but at least we're seeing brilliant offense, and you know, he does turn the ball over at times. But you know, I always feel like. The regular season is LeBron's lab too. He's trying things. He's sure uh, you have to you have to approach it that way. Well, and and the regular season for almost every other player in the league does not mean you know maybe Steph Curry and the Warriors a little bit does not mean the same thing it does for LeBron and those those elite superstars that because they're going to be playing in late May June it's they have to develop things and do things that they might not win a game because of it, but you know, that's going to make them better in the long term. So it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a really fun season and, and I'm enjoying the season a lot so far, you know, that, you know, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't those first couple of weeks and I think it was because of, of, I mean, I I was guilty of it myself, but there were a lot of people that, that going back to our theme that this, this prisoner of a moment theme, which is, you know, you, you, you have to, you have to manage your expectations. 
you know, yeah. and re- and realize that you can get frustrated, you can get, you can scream at your television, you can jump up and down and say, you know, why for the love of God does Tyron Lue not play guys like Chetty Osman and Ante Zizek to get them experience? I mean, Zizek went got sent down to Canton. Hopefully, he'll play some games down there. I know what's his name, uh, uh, Holland scored like thirty three in a game yeah, <laughs> last and, night. And he played he tonight up. for the Cavs, so he did. I mean he played ten minutes, he didn't score, but like but and, and he really didn't get a chance to do a whole lot because Jeff Green was jacking up every shot possible <laughs> in the fourth quarter. But Hey he, um, he was in his lab. He was in his lab. But see that's not that's not the Jeff Green I want. I want Jeff Green I want the mean green machines. The Jeff yeah. Green that that's that's catching lob lobs and, and and making a break for it down the lane and you know like Jeff Green is a perfect uh, Kraken recipient if they start doing that stuff. Jeff Green is a power forward, not yeah. a not a three point not a specialist. Yeah, yeah, he's not Kevin Love. No, and <laughs> he's he's not even uh, uh, Mike Love. So, <laughs> wow. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's Kevin's uncle. So I know a Beach Boy fan. Yeah. So uh, this this podcast getting a little long in the tooth. Um, so if you had one, uh, you know, and maybe the subtitle should be "How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Cabs." But if you had one, I did that one last year. I know you did, <laughs> so we can't do it again. Um, if you had one kind of storyline that's your highlight of the first, you know, fifth of the season, what would it be for the for the league and for the Cavs? Patience. Well, no, I mean like. But you got to talk about a, a storyline, though, a play. Oh, a storyline? Not a theme, a, a story. Uh, I would say it's it's the the storyline for me from a and I'll take it from a media perspective is the need for the next big thing, right? I mean, it it is the you know it's all about the rookies. It's all of this this tremendous focus on. You know, on uh, Lonzo Ball, on Ben Simmons, on Antetokounmpo, on the on the Boston Celtics, on you know who are who's the next? Like on Kyrie, can he be the next leader? You know, all these things. It's it's what's the next, right? Like we've got we almost gotten. It's the byproduct of of the the finals being the same two teams the last three years. It's the how can we make the the game exciting again? How can we how can we create more parity? How can we create more of a sense of of people getting getting excited about these next young stars that are coming up? Because Kobe's gone, LeBron's thirty going to be thirty three this year. KD's gone. KD, well, no, KD's still around. Uh, I was a oh, KG. I meant sorry. Oh yeah, KG. Yeah, but. Yeah, Tim Duncan's gone. Like, who are the next stars of the game? Yeah, exactly. And you know, Harden is pulling his weight in Houston, and you got the super team in Golden State. LeBron is still trucking along. You got the but Greek they, freak. Yeah, yeah, but that's why. That's why, like Porzingis, the Greek freak, the you know, uh, um, you know, the the rookie class of this year. Why they've gotten seemingly so much more hype than than rookie classes the last five years. You know, I mean, I can't I can't remember a class that had more than like one or two guys that people were talking about for a while. And this year it feels like there's 10 guys that people are talking about. Yeah. 
So, uh, How about, about you? What about for the Cavs? What's your... Oh, my... Uh... <sighs> well, it kind of goes to what you were saying. Experimentation. The lab. Okay. We're, we're um, in the lab. Okay. We're in the lab. We're in... We're exper- Ty Lue's experimenting, although not nearly as much as we'd probably like him to. Um, but he's looking for... He's mixing and matching things. And that was one of the things tonight. I, I thought it was a really astute uh, observation by commenter Jason was that, that they always seem to have at least two shooters on the floor so they could spread things out and you got to have shooters that can also defend and and to their credit Kyle Korver has really stepped up his defensive game JR has been much better over this streak defensively um you know they haven't had as much Derrick Rose or Iman Shumpert to deal with so it's pretty clear that you know the backup minutes are going to Dwayne and and to Kyle and to Jeff Green and to these guys who you know have a at least some a little bit more defensive IQ when it comes to basketball so yeah I think it's they're in the lab right now and that, that's what the first fifth of the season was about the extended preseason lab work that that's required to start figuring out who who you can play with who um, what you can expect from certain guys, what they're capable of, and um, you know, I, I think I think by the time Isaiah comes back, I think they'll have figured out how to they'll have figured out how to play without him, and then they'll have a, another adjustment period about how to play with him. And uh, hopefully, sometime after the All Star break, you'll start to see the 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 fully functional Death Star in, in place. <laughs> yeah, and so for me. Uh, the, the kind of the two biggest things, the biggest thing for the Cavs, I mean, and, and I, I hate to say LeBron James, uh, but his jump shot is amazing. Um, that, that's probably the biggest thing. But the other thing to me would be Kyle Korver, uh, yeah. un, unsung hero leading the team in plus minus, uh, just kind of ageless, uh, can such a student of the game, such a precise shooter and cutter and, always in the right spot, uh, has really... And willing to do everything, right? Right, and by all accounts, uh, an absolute professional. I mean, I don't think you could play at the level he's playing at at 37 if he didn't uh, absolutely go out of your way to take care of your body every single day. And all the Cavs players kind of speak about it. I think his influence on the Cavs shooting and the Cavs, you know, conditioning and attitude... Uh, has, has been enormous, and like you said, he's 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 might be my favorite Cav right now. He's certainly, you know, between he and LeBron, they're the they're the two most fun right now. Yeah. And then the other, uh, the national storyline, I guess I would say is, you know, I thought you had a really good one, but I'll say it's pace right now. I mean, this okay. pace with which at which teams are playing right now. That's uh, true. I mean, that's insane. I watched uh, Houston drop 90 in the first half on uh, Phoenix the other night. (laughs) It was just, it's just relentless, some of these teams. So, and the Cavs kind of seem like when they can impose their pace, they're very hard to beat. But when they get, when they turn the ball over and take the first shot and get in these foot races with these younger teams is when they get themselves in trouble. So, yeah. Well, the good news is their diff went just barely into the positive after tonight. So oh, well, there you go. They're point oh two, yeah. or point two 
into the, so into the positive on the if we want to talk about things to pitch, I have something to pitch, and that's oh, yeah. turn on NBA TV right now and see Drew Gooden and his beard that is giving oh, James Harden a, ride for his, <laughs> a run for his money. So, Oh, my God. Wait, is he playing or is he? No, he's in the oh, studio. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's that, that's a name I would never have expected to hear in, in, now in, the, stu- now in yeah. the studio, Drew Gooden. Yeah, Tragic Johnson. Yeah. God, that was the nickname because he was such a bad passer. That's right. <laughs> anyway, anything you want to pitch? Uh, what do I want to pitch? Um, I had something. I'm blanking on it now. Um, oh yeah, go see uh, go see Roman J Israel this week if you have nothing to do on uh, Thanksgiving night. On Thanksgiving night. Yeah, okay. well, it opens on the twenty second, but uh, okay. yeah, if you have a family that goes out to see, uh, that goes to see movies on Thanksgiving night after dinner, then that's a that's a good one to go Denzel see. Denzel Washington, you heard yeah. it here first. Yeah. Well, go Cavs. Go Cavs. And uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.